Good morning. A couple of years ago, Jeff and myself had the opportunity to spend a long weekend in Tasmania. This has been a bucket list thing for me to do. I finally made it there after a lot of years. I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but it's been a while. And as part of that long weekend, we knew because we had such a short amount of time, we wanted to pack in as much as possible. So we'd pretty much leave our room from about 6, 6.30 in the morning and not get back till like 9 o'clock at night occasionally, packing in as much as we possibly could. And on one of those days, we dedicated it to going to Cradle Mountain National Park because I'd always wanted to hike there. I'd seen pictures and I thought, this is a place I want to go. It's magnificent and it did not disappoint. If you've ever been to that national park, you know that there's one main car park, you park your car there. You can't actually drive through. They run buses through the car park, through the park because it gets icy and I think for safety purposes. So you jump on the bus and it drops you off at different points through the park to different various hiking areas that you can go. So we were like, right, if we're going to go to Cradle Mountain, we are getting to the highest point. So we decided to go right to the end. We'd got some local tips on how to get up to Marion's Lookout, which is one of the most famous lookouts. Take kind of a shortcut up there, but it was apparently harder, so it was straight up the mountain. Marion's Lookout and then up to as high as we could go, the summit. And it did not disappoint. You can, um, the hike, no matter how fit you are, is so tough. It's really hard, but we had the most spectacular day The bus driver on the way back said, you guys were so lucky. We have had weeks and weeks of terrible weather where it's just been overcast, you can't see a thing, and today was magnificent. So we were so lucky. But I remember hiking, as we're hiking up there, it was tough going. My muscles were screaming at me. My breath was just laboured. It was hard, but I'm thinking, I'm getting up there. I want to see this view. And it's amazing. Hard going but totally worth it and there was one point as we're hiking across that I stumbled I'd stumbled a few times but this particular time Jeff apparently had his camera out at the most opportune moment and caught me sliding across snow and because it's always funny to watch someone falling down I thought I'd show you this little clip today it's only a few seconds long so have a good laugh because it is pretty funny so watch the screen So only a little sleep. It wasn't too bad. I didn't actually hurt myself. But I remember thinking, it's on loop now. I remember thinking, that'd be right. Like, I'd walked over snow. I'd walked over so much stuff and not fallen over. But the one moment he gets out his camera and he's recording, I happen to slide on icy snow. Funny in hindsight. But that's like trekking. We stumble and fall sometimes. It's hard. But when everything hurts, we keep that end goal in mind. We think, this is going to be worth it. And in places like Cradle Mountain, this is the kind of view that you see at the top. This is just one of the photos I took that will come on the screen in a moment. The view is breathtaking. Like This is one of my favourite photos, but it doesn't even kind of capture how magnificent it was. It was even more beautiful in person. Breathtaking. Now, I could have stood there for hours just looking around, watching, taking it all in. Stunning place. And the pain of the hike when you're up there just disappears. The beauty and the surroundings are just stunning. So the principles of hiking and trekking actually really line up closely with what our spiritual walk with Jesus is like. The thing with hiking and cardio, any type of cardio, we all know this, the more you do it, the easier it gets. 
the more your fitness increases, the more you build up muscle, it just gets easier as you make it a habit in your life. And our spiritual walk, our spiritual journey is a practice. The more we do spiritual disciplines, the more, or another way of putting that spiritual practices, the more we put these things into place, the more we do them, the more we practice them, the more they become habits and the more capacity we have to handle the difficult things that come by our life, the more capacity and often the more joy we feel when we have these things in place. These practices, when we continue to do them, become well-worn, established habits. And like any trek, any journey, any walk, there are times where you might stumble. Same with our spiritual journey. Occasionally we do stumble. Occasionally we do stuff up. But that's where it's a practice. We get up. We keep going. We do it again. It's a practice we can do for our whole entire life. Jesus knows that we are going to face difficult times in our life. He's not after perfection. He knows that sometimes we'll fall. He knows that sometimes we'll stumble. He knows that sometimes we'll stuff up. And like I said, he doesn't want our perfection. He wants our heart motivation to lean towards him. He wants to walk with you, to be beside you, to lead and guide you at the same time, to just dwell in you, to give you peace. He wants to pick you up when you stumble. He wants us to allow him to do that for us. And that's why we're starting this transformation trek, which is going to go at various points throughout the year, because these are a series of spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines that we can put in place in our life to become habits, to practice them, so we can grow down deep in our relationship with Jesus, so he can lead and guide us. So as a church, Jeff shared last week that our focus is to relentlessly pursue Jesus. And as we relentlessly pursue Jesus to make time for friendship. And so part of this transformation trek, we can do all of those things. Putting these practices in place helps us to relentlessly pursue Jesus. And as we do this together, we can support each other. We can share in the joys of those magnificent moments where we stand in awe. We can pick each other up when it gets hard. So the first practice that we're looking at this morning of this transformation trek is abide. So A-B-I-D-E, a very simple word, abide. A very simple practice, very simple complex, but extremely difficult to live out. So Jesus in the Gospel of John is speaking to his disciples and in chapter 15, verse 5, he says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great joy to my Father. Jesus says to remain in me. And when we look at that ancient Greek language, which the Bible, the New Testament was originally written in, that word remain means abide, dwell, endure. So to abide in Jesus is to be with him, to be one with him, to live like Jesus did, 
to follow him, to walk in step with him, to dwell in him, to endure with him, and to stick it out with him. So to abide in him, we really need to put our focus on him. And when we do that, Jesus says, we actually bear much fruit. And this fruit is the important stuff. It shows the world that we are followers of Jesus. We are disciples of him. Because when we get to heaven, it's not going to matter how much wealth, how much stuff we accumulated here on earth. It's not going to matter how much time we spent on things like social media or watching movies or TV. The kingdom of God is the total opposite of what the world drives us to do. What matters to God is how much we love God and how much we love people and what we did with our time, our resources, our energy, our money here on earth. These are the things that really matter in life. And Jesus says if we abide in him, these things that are a natural part of our life can be supernatural things for him and will produce fruit, fruits of the spirit. People will see that we love Jesus through these things. So disciple is such a great word. But when you think about the word disciple, it's not really used in our world today. It really is just a church word. So some people may not understand what a disciple means. So another way of explaining that is to be an apprentice. And I actually really like that language, to be an apprentice of Jesus. A language, disciple, apprentice, they essentially mean the same thing. Because we know that if you do a trade, it takes years to become a master of that trade. And when you do a trade, you sign up to your boss, and your boss gradually teaches you more and more. You copy him, you learn from him, you do what he does or she does, and you go through the process of becoming like them. You do things like them. And at the end, you essentially do what they did. You become a master. So to be an apprentice of Jesus means to focus on him, to follow him. Now, we will be an apprentice of Jesus our whole lives here on earth. And it's only when we get to heaven that we will be perfect in his image. So the question actually that we should probably be asking ourselves is not, are you a disciple? Because, you know what, we are actually all disciples of something or someone. Maybe the question we should be asking is, Who are you a disciple of? Who are we apprentices of? Who are we spending our time with? What are we spending our time on? Because what you spend your time on, what you focus on, what you do is forming you. It's growing you, no matter what it is. Now, we live in this world. We cannot live apart from this world. We are just, this is how we have to live our lives. But the world that we live in is so good at forming and shaping us. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. There are lots of things in our world that are helpful and good. For example, you need to get an education. We need to almost be apprentices and go through the schooling system to become mature adults, to grow as people. Now, this is a good thing. It's not evil. But we also need to be apprentices of Jesus in that. There are things in this world that can grab our attention that are not so good, that can take our focus off Jesus. And we talk a lot about things like social media, things like Netflix. It can even be a hobby. Things that grab our attention and take us away from focusing on Jesus. These things might not necessarily be so good for us. 
They are forming us and shaping us. What we watch, what we listen to, what we hear, what we read, it's discipling us, no matter what it is. Now, social media is probably one of the biggest things that people talk about now, and I'm on social media. I actually really enjoy social media sometimes, mindlessly scrolling through, seeing what family are doing, just having a look at what's out there, seeing funny memes. It sometimes is a really nice, relaxing break. But we know, I know, that these companies who who own social media produce algorithms to try and capture my attention, to suck me in so I don't put my phone down. So I don't stop scrolling on my computer. So I need to be aware that when I'm on social media, that it doesn't consume me, that it's not taking all of my focus, that I'm not going down rabbit holes that are unhealthy for me, that are leading me away from Jesus. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, that's totally fine, I'm not on any socials, I barely know how to turn on a computer, you're not off the hook. If you watch the news... If you watch daytime TV, if you read novels, these things are all forming us. These things all affect us. And how are they shaping you? How are they forming you? The Apostle Paul is onto it when he says in Romans chapter 12, he says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed by the pattern of this world. Be conformed to Jesus, be transformed by Jesus. And this is where abiding in Jesus, easy concept, but extremely difficult to live out. So like I said before, the question is not, are you a disciple? Because we actually all are disciples. It's who are we disciples of? What are we disciples of? Where are we spending our time and our energy? Jesus calls us to be his disciples. And if you're here and you're watching online, you're probably saying, yes, I am choosing to be a disciple of Jesus. That's most likely a given in your life. And we, so how can we abide in Jesus? How can we actually make him that number one? How do we relentlessly pursue him as we go about at this journey, as we take step by steps in this life? Now, to start with, it's actually being intentional. It takes discipline. And as, as people, we choose to put these practices in place in our life. Now, we can choose not to, but it is a choice. It is a discipline. It is a practice. It is a habit that we need to put in place. So when we're talking about these intentional spiritual practices or disciplines, we are talking about things like prayer, reading the Bible, giving generously, spending our time serving others. It's practical, physical things like that. Apprenticing yourself to Jesus and doing what he did when he walked this earth. He showed us how to live life. But it is an important distinction to make between religious law and helpful practices. Because when we put these things in place and we just do them for the sake of doing them. We, put them, we read the Bible because it's something I have to do as a Christian. We make it a religious law and that's not what God wants. He wants our heart. That's why it needs to be a spiritual practice. He wants us to say, I want to read the Bible because I want to go deep with him. Not because I have to, because I want to. Because this is going to help my relationship with Jesus. This is going to make, help me abide in him, help me remain attached to him as the vine. 
And when we're talking about these practices, it's so easy in our minds to think as we're going about our day to day, if I pray I'll be in God's good books, surely he'll reward me. If I read my Bible, that's going to count as brownie points. If I give away my money to church, then surely God's going to reward me in heaven. These spiritual practices don't actually earn us favour with God. They don't earn us brownie points. They don't earn us tickets. Because even as a Christian, I've been a Christian for a very long time, sometimes I can think like this. It's like uh, kind of if you use time zone as an illustration, we can think of reading the Bible like an arcade game where we, we win points and at the end we get these little tickets and one day we'll gather all of these tickets from all of our prayers, all of our Bible reading, we'll get to heaven, we'll hand them over to God and he'll give us the reward of our choice. Or we can cash them in for things like answered prayer, healing, financial blessing. That's not how it works. There are no tickets. Jesus won all the tickets, if you want to put it that way, when he died on the cross. We cannot earn favour with God. Trying to win something from God is the wrong motivation. We want to do these things so we grow deep in Jesus. It's not about winning points. It's about growing our relationship with him and following Jesus and becoming more like him. Now, maybe you aren't trying to win tickets, but maybe you're stuck in a little bit of a rut. You're going about these practices, just doing them because it is easy to do that just for the sake of it. And I am actually, if I say it honestly, um, I do that sometimes. Now, I read the Bible a lot because I have to. And when I'm preparing a message, I'm reading the Bible, I'm reading passages, I'm looking up commentaries because it's my job. I need to prepare a message. But I need to be so careful that I'm not just doing it for the sake of the job. I need to be careful that when I am reading the Bible, I am allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to me as I'm reading, to allow it to go down deep into my soul for God to change me, not just do it because I have to, because it's my job. And that's why we practice. That's why we keep practicing. And sometimes we're going to stuff up. Sometimes we will slip over in the snow and that's where sometimes we even need people around us to help us up to continue on the journey because the goal is worth it. The end result is worth it. Apprenticing yourself to Jesus is going to be worth it. So let me illustrate this with um, a project I heard about called the Biosphere 2 Project. So this is a project that was built in the desert in the USA, only in the USA. You can see the pictures on the screen. So it's a connected series of habitats, like a ginormous greenhouse. And there's all different areas in this biosphere. And they actually put people to live in there for a couple of years. One of the interesting things that came out of it, these people who lived in there actually went a little bit loopy because it's this concealed environment and there was actually a lack of oxygen and increased carbon dioxide. So they really struggled. They went a bit loopy. But that's a side note, just an interesting fact. One of the greatest discoveries that scientists had out of this was that they found that the role of wind in the life of a tree. So inside this biosphere too, Trees grew quicker than on the outside because they'd set up the absolute perfect environment. Everything was what's that word? Meticulously uh, designed with the right nutrients in the soil. It was just perfect environment. 
But as the trees grew up, they looked great, but they discovered they were falling over before they reached maturity. So after the scientists were looking at the root systems of these trees and the bark on the outside, the scientists realised that the lack of wind in this biosphere was causing a deficiency called reaction wood. So without reaction wood, a tree can grow quickly, but it's not fully supported. It's not growing down deep its roots, and it's not growing up and bending and moving to get to the best light. So in other words, they look perfect, but these trees were missing an element in order to survive and thrive. So as soon as I heard about this project, I was really interested because it reminded me that when we look in the Bible and we look at the role of the Holy Spirit in our life, the role of the Holy Spirit is like the wind, is the breath. The word in the ancient Hebrew and the ancient Greek for Holy Spirit is wind, breath, spirit. So we need in our lives the role of the wind to help us grow up to maturity And this story shows us the difference of trying to construct this perfect-looking life without the role of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work. It's empty. Things fall over. Now, Jeremiah, the prophet in the Old Testament, also talks about our faith growth in terms of being trees and growing our roots down deep in God. He says this in chapter 17, "'But blessed are those who trust in the Lord.'" And have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank, with roots that reach down deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat, or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. So in our lives, as apprentices of Jesus, it's tempting to try and create this perfect life. We can look like tall, strong trees in the biosphere. We can put things in our plate to, in place to create this perfect atmosphere. We can be at church every week. We can be serving. We can be giving. And yet, if it's the Holy Spirit is not there with us, the wind, the breath of the Holy Spirit is not there growing and in us, it's empty. It doesn't work. It looks good on the outside, but our relationship with Jesus isn't strong. It's void of something. The difference of the Holy Spirit in our life is the Spirit is the essence of Jesus in our world and in us, and he makes it possible to abide in him. The Spirit encourages us in those hard times. He strengthens us if we allow him. He guides us. He gives us wisdom. He speaks to us. He is there with us. He gives us peace. He gives us all of those fruits of the Spirit. And without the role of the Holy Spirit, Jesus' Spirit in our life, it's empty. All these practices are empty. It's an inner strength in us that the Holy Spirit gives us. And I love what Paul says in the book of Ephesians when he says in chapter 3, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Now that's something to hold on to. The Holy Spirit has unlimited resources and he's willing to give it to you if we abide in him, if we are aware of his presence as we go about life. 
and I've said this probably a few times in church, I think in church while we're really good at talking about God, about Jesus and the role of the Bible in our life, but sometimes we forget about the importance of the Holy Spirit. He is there to help us, to grow us. He is God living in us. And abiding to Jesus and remaining attached to him, we cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. And this starts, abiding with Jesus, starts with an awareness of the Holy Spirit. It starts by turning our attention to him and being vulnerable to him. So an awareness. Be aware of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. Now, this is actually a discipline. I forget to do this so often. Be aware that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus in your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, to lead you, to give you those fruits of the Spirit as you put things in place to grow your roots down deep. And give him your attention. He is part of the Godhead. He is the Spirit of Jesus. Draw your attention to him. And as I was thinking about this message, I've done it before in the past and I want to implement it as a daily practice. Instead of the first thing, getting up and making a coffee or reaching for my phone, this week and from now on, I want to make it a discipline, a spiritual practice of my life to wake up and say, good morning, Jesus. Where is your spirit in my life today? Where are you working in me and where are you working around me? How can I see you today? First thing I want to do, and I've already started a few days and it's actually quite hard to to start putting that in place. I have to really be intentional, like I said. Be aware of the presence. And as I go about the day, I want to be more asking, like ask more often, God, where are you working Even in the mundane, if I'm out shopping, where are you in this situation? How can you you work through me? What are you doing? Be aware and give your attention to the Holy Spirit as you abide in him. And finally, be vulnerable. The Holy Spirit, like I said a few times, is the spirit of Jesus. He knows already what is happening in your life. He's God. He knows. So be vulnerable with him. Come to him. Confess your mistakes. Draw back to him. He knows what is going on. And this week particularly, ask Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, what am I being a disciple of that I need to let go of? What is taking my attention away from you? What practices and habits in my life are unhealthy? Ask the Holy Spirit to help you even maybe break it to help you to just put it aside so Jesus can be your number one focus, so you can abide in him. So Jeff is going to pick up this next week with some really practical, some more practical and helpful tips in how to abide with Jesus. But I want to begin this week with drawing our attention to what the Holy Spirit is doing in us and around us. So each morning, that's my challenge. I don't know if you want to make it yours, but be aware of what the Holy Spirit is doing. And remember, as we begin this transformation trek, we aren't doing it alone. Look around. There are heaps of us here. We are on this journey together. And it's so much more fun to do a hike, to do a walk with others. It's so much more fun to walk this Christian journey alongside others. 
And walking this transformation trek urges us to get in smaller groups, to gather like this large group here today, but also smaller groups, more intimate groups with people you can trust, that you can share the highs and lows of life with, that you can talk about the things that are real and your real struggles and also those amazing moments where you are in awe of Jesus. Now we can help you find a small group. We can help you form a small group. Come and see the people at the info desk. Come and talk to myself, Jeff or Matt, or anyone you see on the stage. If that is something you want to do, join a small group through this year as you walk the journey of faith. And it's going to be really encouraging to see what Jesus does as he grows down our roots deep in God. Let me pray. Jesus this morning as we kick off this practice of abide and as we think about things that are grabbing our attention that are forming us that are growing us that if they are unhealthy that you will bring them to mind Holy Spirit I ask that you will help us to, to change our habits to start new habits and Lord as we go about this week in the next few weeks that we can be so aware of your presence as we wake up in the morning, we can, just, we can just ask, Jesus, where are you? Where are you in my life today? What are you doing? How can I abide in you today? Jesus, make your presence known in ways that are exciting, in new ways, in deep ways. Jesus, I pray that our relationship, we can pursue you relentlessly. That we don't do things for the sake of doing things, that we do it with the right motivation to draw our hearts to you that we can follow you, we can live like you, that people in our world will see the difference and that they will know we are disciples of you. Jesus, I pray that we will will be um, people of God, that those fruits will explode out of our life like you promise as we follow you. In Jesus' name.